it's kind of weird, like, doing what I do in private, in public, I guess. But it's okay. Welcome to Second and Ali. I'm Josh Moss, editor of Louisville Magazine. I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Eigenheer of Louisville.com. On today's show, we're dedicating the whole thing to local music. But first, so I was looking at some past issues of Louisville Magazine and noticed that since basically June 2009, we've included this little bit in the magazine called We Love. I was flipping through. Uh, we, we've loved the jukebox at Spinelli's. We've loved uh, Russ Smith, the former UofL basketball player. We've loved his Instagram page. There was this cat at the knock bar named Magic. Did you know Magic, Michelle? Did you ever see Magic? I never met Magic, but I've heard about him. Magic sadly passed away. We loved Magic. Uh, so I'm just wondering, like, what are you loving right now, Michelle, in Louisville? Um, as far as music goes, I'm really loving all of the new records that have been coming out. The Fervor just released one, The Pass, Brenda, and maybe my favorite recently has been one from Zach Longoria, a project called Up, Up, and Away. Um, it's really different. It's very... There are a lot of things going on in it, a lot of exciting, dynamic um, sounds. Um, they call themselves themselves Kentucky Fried Soul, if that gives you a picture of what they sound like. It's very like soul-based, very... Um, there's a little disco in part of it. It's cool. So what I've been loving recently, have you been to a show at Iroquois Amphitheater? I recently saw the Decembers there. So I just went to second and third show there. It was My Morning Jackets back-to-back nights in May. Yeah. I love the venue. Do you love that venue? It's beautiful. It's um, it's so nice. So I did a little research. That venue opened July 4th, 1938. It's sandstone. It's beautiful. And I love that it's general admission. You can sit wherever you want. Uh, the only thing I don't like about it, I don't know if you've had this problem, but we got there maybe... 20 minutes after the gates open, we thought we'd be fine. And we're walking through, like asking people, are these seats taken? And they're like, yeah, they are. And they're holding like 10 or 15 seats in a row. So as long as that can stop at Iroquois Amphitheater, this is like my public plea. It will be my favorite venue in town. Uh, and I do think it's worth going this summer. They've got some free movies, Star Wars, Good Dinosaur, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, lots of fun stuff for the family. Then there's this band in August I like a lot, Lake Street Dive. So lots of good stuff there. I feel like it's just kind of a hidden gem in town. A lot of people haven't been there yet. Um, so check it out. Hey, hello, good morning. Baby, you are my world. I'm global warming. Got you all high and bothered. Your water's limited and fused. And yes, I brought my scuba. Swimming inside your river with synchronized maneuvers. You are listening to James Lindsay, formerly known as Jalen Rose. He recently reverted back to his given name in an effort to be more authentic and to get away from a persona. We dropped into the recording studio while James and his producer, Josh Nicholson, were recording their new album. We talked about the name change, their process, and how they started making music together. I mean, the easiest short answer is probably like five plus years, but it's somewhere between like 07 or 09 that we like kind of really buckled down and got serious about Mm -hmm. making music together. Oh, no, I would say 2010 is really like the the actual music-esque year. Yeah, that's when we started making music together. But in terms of how long we've known each other... That goes all the way back to like middle school. Yeah. Like preteen. Yeah, preteen days. Yeah. I always say that like rap kind of raised me in a way. Like some of these stories like that like Jay-Z was saying in like the blueprint, like I was kind of relating to it and like 
kind of learning, I kind of really learned the craft from just listening, just from having like an ear for music. That's kind of where I learned how to actually, um, what, what a song was about, like finding a feeling for a song and things like that, because these songs like resonated to me a lot. Back then it was just like, we would just sit around for like hours and hours and hours and just freestyle. So like a lot of, that's, at those times I didn't have a car at all. So like we would sit at the, me and, me and his cousin would sit at the bus stop and like we'd be waiting on like a Tark. And I, if y'all, if anybody's ever rolled a Tark in here, y'all know how long like it takes for like a Tark to come. So you know, like it, if you think it's gonna come in 30 minutes, it's gonna take an hour and 30 minutes sometimes. So we would just sit there and literally rap until the bus come every single day. and. Um, I would rap when I got home, or I would just like, I was just constantly just like rapping. Like I just could, uh, Jay-Z said it best when he said like kitchen table, it's where I hold my skills. Like I would sit around and just like beat on the table and just like rap to myself for just like hours, just freestyling. So yeah, today's really just kind of like impromptu in the sense that like we're not finishing tracks, we're kind of starting them, but we know what we want them to sound like. So we have tracks that have like similar vibes and we're just capturing the vocals for them. And then what I'll do is I'll take all the mix downs home and make make our own thing. Awesome. So far, good. All just kind of cool vibes, a lot of feel good music. Um, I don't know what all he's told you guys about the direction or whatever, the vision for the EP, but it's a lot of stuff that just feels good. My music background's a lot, a lot more boring, a lot less interesting. Um, I pretty much grew up in church. I spent a lot of time in church, so my whole music theory background mm -hmm. came from like my dad singing in the choir i never really took to the actual traditional like mm -hmm. fundamentals but all of that understanding of harmonics and melodies and, and tone mm -hmm. and pitch and all that stuff like it, it totally just washed over me and mm -hmm. without me even knowing subconsciously like i could put together phrases of music so when I actually had the tools to do it, like you said, Fruity Loops mm -hmm. was really bad. I mean, it still is, it's still I work on, but once I had the tools to actually like execute those ideas, mm -hmm. they were there. <laughs> we're getting to the point now where things are getting, he's got, he has a band now, things are getting a yeah. lot more technical, but right. um, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to get so technical that I lose that thing that kind of got me here, which is just like what, cause that, you know, gospel music is all about making right. you feel something like, that that feeling yeah all right man Otis, we're just gonna tackle this in parts man so okay. instead of you laying everything down we're just gonna try to get lead you to the light like that part done and then we'll come in and we'll, we'll punch in the know you want to shine part and i can't sing man so you just gonna have to forgive me i can't tell you what key it is but i know what it's supposed to sound like well, the nights will come i would like to enlighten you so So that's the one downside sometimes about uh, doing stuff off of broken freestyles and like putting things together. Sometimes you don't have that cohesion of like actual songs. But like with this, like with just with this project, we were able to hone in on actual song making. So like before my producer, like Josh was just like making beats. He would make a ton of beats and then I would make all these raps and then we would just put them together. And for some odd reason it just like worked. But what we started to notice was like 
they didn't really feel like songs. They just felt like broken beats and broken lyrics. We kind of challenged ourselves where like Josh challenged me to be like, oh, okay, well like we need to like really hone in on these concepts. So when somebody hears the lyrics, it makes sense with the hook. And when somebody hears the hook, it makes sense with the bridge. And then when somebody hears the song, it makes sense with the entire project. Like that's just, that's the real way to do it. Going and actually recording these songs, we kind of actually found out that like there's a whole like interweaving of like lightness, light and dark that we're kind of like playing with. Yeah, that, uh, that stuff is neat. And, it, and it's, it, it's the most neat when you're not trying to make it happen, yeah. you know? For it's sure. like, I was driving home from work and I had this hook idea and I just sung it into my phone. Here you go. And I'm like, oh man, that's kind of cool. Well, when I heard it, that made me think of like this other verse that you wrote that also might be on the EP, but doesn't really speak to the same thing, but kind of does. And then, you know, somebody like Otis shows up and then sings over and it's like, what, what, what is happening? What is this becoming? And it's almost like you don't even, you're not even driving, you know? It's like you end up getting there, but you're not really sure how you got there. So just to go back and just remind ourselves like where all this started from. We grew up in Norfolk, in this uh, neighborhood, um, kind of out by like the Newburgh area, um, Bugel area, mm. and it was uh, just just regular, uh, you know, low income apartments, uh, you know, housing type thing. My mom was, uh, you know, she was really positive. You know, we didn't grow up with a lot, um, and uh, she was always a very positive person. She worked a lot, but you never really seen her like upset. You never really seen her uh, cry. I mean, I could probably count on my hands how many times I seen my mom cry. Um, and she just always like lived her life like being happy and making other people happy, and that's how people know her. She used to sit for rich people in St. Matthews. Um, so yeah, she used to like house sit and just like serve parties and dinner parties and stuff like that back in the day. Um, she also worked as a hairdresser. My mom was a hustler. She always had a job. She just did did whatever she could to kind of like raised me and my sister. It affected my interpretation like for everything. Um, uh, a, like St. Matthews was like uh, a whole nother world when I went out there. Cause I was like, man, it's like these people like, like there's no cars broken down. There's no mattresses on the sidewalk. There's no beer bottles and cans everywhere. Like nobody's just like drunk and out on the street. I barely even seen a tarp over there because everybody had a really nice car. So it was just, it was so nice. You know, it was always like nice. It was just a whole new world to me. I felt like we were, when I was a kid, I literally thought we were like going out of town when we would go to like St. Matthews. So it's crazy. Um, but her working out there did a lot because uh, just stylistically, like she always made sure that we would like, she would shop out there like the children's corners and all these places. So like we were living in the hood, but we were like, clean she would always make sure we were like dressed nice because she always just kind of made it known that like it doesn't matter like where you're at like or where you where you come from my cousin just came home did a 10-year bid and the box came back but with my shit i ain't seen him since throwbacks dipset ai dream cats games women hot chips my cousin did um about 10 years um and uh he was like a, a mentor of mine I, I didn't see him from when i was like 18 to when I was like 28. So literally all my 20, I mean, he was just like like the older cousin that you just look up to. He's real cool, he's real fly, had all had all the girls, had all these cool clothes, all this stuff. And it was just like, 
um, and we uh, and we've reconnected and real real cool. You know, we 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 were never disconnected, but we just like you know reconnected when he got out and everything. He was just talking to me, and it was like one of the first things he told me was like, "Yo, man, I'm loving this music." Blah blah blah. I was doing something like, "Oh, that's really dope." So that's why I was like, on this song, the intro, I was like, my cousin just came home, did 10 years. You know, he came back bumping my shit like, um, and it was so true because cool. it was like, it really did happen. I, I just kind of went in on that and just kind of went in on the fact that like. Uh, there's always brighter days. Like uh, even when I seen him after, even when me and him talking stuff after he, you know, got out, he's real positive. He's real cool, and it was cool just to know that they're like brighter days on the other side. We all go through our hardships and stuff like that, but no matter like what situation you're in, and whether if you're homeless or whether if you're um, locked up or whether if you're or if you're rich or whatever, like you, we all still have this beautiful sky. Sometimes a lot of people just kind of. Um, forget about how beautiful like the sky is and how like it's almost to me personally it's just like almost like a a new piece of art every day you know because sometimes the sky will be super cloudy and then sometimes you might have a rainbow in the sky sometimes you might have this you might have that. so it's like that's one beautiful thing that like uh, you know whatever you believe in gave you you know what I'm saying uh, even when he was locked up it was just kind of like one of those things to just be like man like uh, or to anybody who, who is locked up you know like keep your head up like you know, just keep your head towards the sky, you know, and just see the, the, the beauty and, you know, maybe things will change. Coming up a bit later, James and Josh deconstruct one of their new songs. We thought it would be fun to talk with some local bands about touring, so we reached out to Nick Dittmeyer and the Sawdusters, Twin Limb, and here up first, uh, Nellie Pearl, who kept a diary for us on the road. The main voice you're going to hear is guitarist, vocalist, Jay Mitchell. So it's day one, and we're in the car, and everybody's having a really great time. Are we all having a really great time, guys? Woohoo! Yeah. Greg is wearing the crown, and uh, we're all excited to get on the road. So we stopped here in Skeeter Mountain, Illinois, whole Skeeter, Skeeterly do. Um, had a little rest stop. We all had to stop off and use the <clears throat> facilities, and old Greg had to take the number two and the stall doors were real short we all had a pretty good laugh at that because it seemed like everybody in the restroom could see what what greg was up to in there so we've all we've all been having a good well, we've been having a good laugh nicholas cage is here too um we picked him up hitchhiking along the highway anyway cage rage over and out so we're uh, stopping at the qt to get some rooster booster and the Rooster Booster is taking effect, and it's doing its trick. Everybody's sitting back. Everybody's getting sick. Everybody's doing the trick. It's doing the trick. It's the Rooster Boosters in the house. The Rooster Booster. The Rooster Booster. The Rooster Booster. I had to take a shit twice. Um, this time in a McDonald's in Missouri. Got to the venue in Denver. We're uh, at the Lion's Lair here on Colfax, which seems like a pretty cool place. Uh, there's a, a recreational medicinal marijuana shop every 50 feet, if that. Marijuana is legal here in Colorado, in case you're unaware. And so we're excited for tonight. We've had two really nice shows. Our show at Z-Bar was great, and our show last night in Lawrence, the energy was really high on stage. We didn't have the turnout that you would want, but shit, we're a traveling band. We finally don't have to drive eight hours in a day tomorrow, and we only have an hour, and we're doing it tonight, so we're going to be able to relax and enjoy Colorado for a day. Anyway, <clears throat> we, <laughs> we finally made it to Fort Collins. 
We're playing a music festival today, and uh, there's 200 local Colorado bands, and there's 20 different venues. Uh, unfortunately, we are not playing at a venue. We are playing on the back of two mobile stages that are attached to the back of uh, rickshaws. And so we are going to be on two separate stages being pulled up and down the street, um, playing our tunes for the good people of Colorado. We're in the van. We're leaving Fort Collins. Thank God. That was a strange experience. Eh? It was an interesting we had a pretty good time though. I mean, we, we ended, did. Up, ended up. I can say that I've never had so much fun on a rickshaw. That is true. I would agree with you on that. They said they built a stage on a rickshaw and they could house us. It was pretty small and they couldn't house us. Can somebody tell me where I'm going? Am I going left or right here? Ooh, I don't know. Um, we ended up at a barn party last night and I had a good time. There was a, a band last night that played a music they described as Santa Fe Surf. And we met a dude from the New Belgian Brewery that had some new sour beer that they had just brewed and only made like a hundred cans of and he let us try some and Ted's gave... beer Ted's beer is that what he it called was, it uh, it was a uh, sour Berliner Weiss. oh god damn it it's not oh it's recording sorry anyway technology <laughs> uh, so Ted's beer anyway that, that shit was was delicious uh. That is the sound of golf ball size hail coming out of the sky. Uh, we're driving through a tornado warning to get to our show on time in Kansas City. Final day, home day. We made it back, everyone's safe. Um, we played a show last night in Kansas City it went really well. There weren't a ton of people there, but we sold a couple records, and people seemed to enjoy it who were there, and we um, ended up crashing at the house of the husband-wife duo that we played with in Lawrence on the first night of uh, the trip. They had a huge basement and seven kids and a big old house and um, uh, outside of Kansas City, and so uh, they were the ones that set up the show for us in Kansas City. It was a last-minute gig. So we, uh, we stayed with them, and they made us breakfast this morning, and we're just wonderful, wonderful people to, uh, to meet along the way. Very positive experience with them and, and their kids, too. Their kids were beautiful and, and smiley and made us all happy this morning, and it was a nice, nice uh, send-off of the tour and a way to come home. As far as the music, things have been, been going really well. We're playing with Coralie and the Townies on um, June 24th and 25th in Louisville and Lexington as part of the I Can't Drive 64 series. Other than that, we uh, will probably be doing some recording. We got a new song coming out to tell Matt Bevan what we think of his business and in, in the elected position that he's in and hopefully getting into the studio uh, maybe late fall and uh, perhaps putting out another record in 2017. I think that's uh, a fairly... Uh, fairly decent goal for us to to set right now so we'll see thanks for everybody who just tuned in and listened along the way we had a good time recording all this stuff for you guys and we appreciate michelle and louisville.com and louisville magazine for all the support you guys are the best here's nick dittmeyer and the sawdusters talking dildos weed and scary sleeping situations Hound dog on the side of the road. 
So the first time we ever played in Chicago, we played at this place called Moe's. And there were like some other bands I knew that had played there. And uh, they sent out like a nice advance sheet. It was a sheet that like laid out everything for the band. And it was really organized. I thought, okay, this is going to be like a nice place. Well, we get there and um, it was like, it had been a Simpsons themed bar, but they had been like served with a cease and desist. So they had Simpsons characters. I don't know why they thought they could get away with this. <laughs> they had Simpsons characters, but with like mu- like like mustaches and afros, or or just just oddity, you know, costumes put over. The, or you know, they painted a Bart Simpson black or something. Like they just did all these crazy things. And we got there, and uh, it was a pretty heavily Hispanic neighborhood. And I don't think the bartenders spoke English, and a lot of the people in the bar did not. And I don't know. They were waiting for like a changeover. Kind of like, I don't know, I don't know what was happening, but they promised in the advance sheet there was a place for us to stay. So we get there and I'm trying to talk to people like, where are we, like you, like there are bars, like even in Louisville, like the hideaway has a place for bands to stay or there are other places we've played before that will like have a dedicated place for the band to, to sleep. So I was just kind of figuring out, like these people like, where do we like put our suitcases? Where do we put our stuff? And no one, no, everybody was like, give me a really cryptic answer. No one would tell me where we're going. So eventually they walk up and they're okay, they're, okay grab your stuff. I'm thinking we're going to get robbed or something. Something totally bizarre is going to happen. So we grab our suitcase and we have to walk them through the bar. We walk out of the bar and we walk out and see a rat like right in front of us and it runs away. So we go up these stairs and they go, okay, you're staying up there. And so we walk up these stairs and you could you could hear like Wheel of Fortune on super loud and but there were no other lights on in this apartment. And I'm thinking this is how people get shot. Like you walk into somebody's house, you know, and they don't know. But the Wheel of Fortune is blaring. And... Uh, so I, I'm, we're knocking on the door, knocking on the door. No one's answering. The, no one's answering. And so I open up the door. I'm like, "Hello, hello, we're here." And it's this, we see this old lady in there in the dark, smoking a cigarette. And she was Mo. She was Mo. <laughs> she was the owner of the bar. And she's like, ah, you know, like, I mean, she's just like just this haggard lady. And she let us in and showed us where we were staying and and, and everything. And uh, but it was super weird. And the show was super weird. The sound guy was like totally coked out. And like try, after we did our set, he was like trying to get us to jam with him. He's like, he's like, come on, man, let's jam, you know. And we were like, we don't, we have had the worst day of our lives. We do not want to jam <laughs> with you. And uh, so, but the so yeah, the whole night I was glad when it was over. But the weird part was when we went in the apartment and closed the door, like we were locked in, and there was like barbed wire. There was around. a chain link fence around the backyard, and then the bar was obviously locked, so we couldn't leave. Yeah, yeah, we stuff. were stuck in there. So that we, we and next time we woke up, we were like, we got to get out of here right now. Like we just had to get out of there. We we did um, find a uh, very professional, um, intimate toy in our hotel room. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, it, I guess it was Mississippi. Tupelo, is that right? Yeah, Tupelo, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and Clay took it up to the counter in a grocery bag and and got us a free room. <laughs> so yeah, we so we found a uh, kind of like a rubber. You know, um, woman's thing. Think man, man can use this. Yeah, it was a dildo. It, it was a rubber. It was a, like a like a nine inch rubber dildo in the drawer. No, it was it was like hard plastic. It was like clear, if you remember. This. So I put it in. A, they put it in a, in a like a grocery bag, and I took it down to the counter. I was like, listen, found this in our room. I realized that you know it's not not necessarily your fault per se. It's an easy thing to miss. It kind of rolled from the. It was a prank. I'm sure somebody just left it there, and it rolled from the back of the drawer or whatever. And the lady didn't, she, I think she was just astounded, as, as astounded as I was. And she looked at me, she was like, I'm so sorry. And as I walked away, I was like, listen, I'm not here to like say, hey, there's a hair in my food, and I think our, our meal should be comped or whatever, but, 
you know, we found a dildo in our room. We could have had kids, so on and so forth. And I was like, yeah, just, you know, do the right thing, maybe. Give us, <laughs> give us, give us a free room, you know. Yeah. Anyway, they did. They did. They, they uh, refunded us for our room that night. I think we actually tweeted a picture yeah. of a two red red roof. <laughs> it, it got some action. So a motto of our tour now is do the right thing. This last tour we did, and I hope this happens more, and it seems like it's happening more. Like people are giving us like a lot of free weed. Uh, yeah, that's pretty places. cool. Yeah, uh, we stayed with a guy in Iowa. We didn't know this until <laughs> uh, he woke me up by sticking a giant, huge Tupperware container of weed in my face. But he was a local drug dealer, local celebrity drug dealer. And uh, so totally. that, that panned out for us. Not really. I mean, well, yeah, we got weed out of it. We'll say that much. But yeah, he did try to wake he, me up by putting weird. putting it in my face. Yeah, that weird. was kind of I wasn't really prepared for that. <laughs> after I passed out. But that same bar, that guy was a bartender at the bar, and he got so drunk. I looked over and he had just given. Oh yeah, he gave Aaron and I a whole bottle of Jack Daniels from the bar. Before, so like he just set it at the bar with, like, with the spout on it and yeah. everything. Yeah, he had one of those kind of voices too. Like, We asked Twin Limb accordion player slash singer Lacey Guthrie and drummer Mary Liz Bender about the challenges of life on the road. We had one tour, I think it was the first time we took the van out um, <laughs> after we got her and we were calling her the struggle bus because like, you know, day one, you blow out a tire on the side of the highway. <laughs> day two, you blow out another tire. And then we had a, I was driving on the interstate into Colorado doing like, 70 75 and we lost a tire with our friend katie and our friend evan like sitting in the floor we had just crammed the van full of people for fun like we thought it'd be fun um they were traveling in another van but it was with a bunch of like all the houndmouth dudes and they were like they're gonna like play video games and stuff and bro down really hard and we're gonna come ride in the twin limb van and like read books and listen to ambient music and stuff (laughs) and they loved it until the tire blew and we were just like dancing on the side of the highway waiting for triple a it was like cold and we were having a blast but i kind of felt bad for our 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 guests well welcome to the struggle bus we said this is how it goes what i dislike about tour is that it it promotes an extremely unhealthy lifestyle you aren't expected to get much sleep. You aren't, like, you can't have a routine. And for people like me with ADD and, like, celiac disease, you have to have a routine, you know? So um, you can't have a routine, really. You have to always be prepared for the unexpected, which is also fun. But um, then, you know, you get paid a lot in booze. Like, you always get free alcohol, Um you know, and if you're trying to make a living out of this and you're out for six weeks, you cannot will, drink every night. It will night. destroy you. It will completely <laughs> destroy you. And um, so that's what I dislike about it. But um, there, there's so much to be said for experiencing new things every day and seeing new places and meeting new people. It's one of the most beautiful things. Well, after a lot of stuff, you feel like you kind of feel like you can do anything. Like Oh, totally. It's, it's very empowering. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Like we, you know, that first story we told you like we blew a tire in Colorado and it happened and like I just like held my breath and slowly pulled over. It's like it's fine. We'll call AAA. We're all alive. Nothing happened. Like yeah. and then you get home and <laughs> You, like, run out of gas. You're like, whatever. Yeah. Right? Totally new perspective on life. Everything's way easier than we thought, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. 
Do you think tour is different for you guys as women than it is for, like, Kevin? Or- Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially when you, like, get your period. That sucks. <laughs> like, there's a whole week where you're just like, I'm in so much pain and we're doing all this stuff anyway. Like, yeah. I'm not laying around at home, like, yeah, whatever. Just getting through it. Yeah. I think the, the most eye-opening thing for us, or for Kevin, I will speak for Kevin now because he hasn't had oh, a voice yeah. here yet. So He's Kevin, in the other room. He he learned a lot um, about women and daily lives of women while we were on tour, yeah. and he won't stop telling people. I like it makes me feel good. Oh, I've never heard him talk yeah. about this. So we'll be in a conversation, and people will ask about tour, and he'll be like, "Yeah, man, I got a really like crazy new perspective on like feminism and like how women are treated." We'll be at a bar, and this guy will just like come up and like touch them or <laughs> say things to them. He's got a totally new perspective. He just like had no idea. It's funny how men just have really no idea because they don't. They've never experienced it. They've never really seen it. And he was just like, "Wow, yeah, I can't believe what you guys have to put up with all the time." <laughs> Does it ever work? Why do men do this? Does that ever work for anybody? <laughs> hey, come here. Yeah. <laughs> Come here. Oh, okay. Yes. I love you. I would like to have relations with you right now. Yes, I'm here now. Oh, I will get in your I will get in your truck. Yeah, yeah. Let's get it inside the truck. Let's go somewhere. <laughs> Wherever you choose. Let's to. go to the beach. Let's go have a romantic weekend together. <laughs> Let's start a What's life your favorite now? thing? Our first show ever was with Quiet Hollers at Magbar. We were so nervous. Lacey and I were so nervous. Yeah. And we played in that back room where the arcades are. And uh, we got up there and Shadwick was like, all right, you guys ready to go? And we were like, yeah. And Lacey was like, yeah, can you just turn off all the lights? And he was like, (laughs) all the lights? And she was like, yeah, can you just like turn off all the lights? And he's like, okay. (laughs) and so sure enough he turns off all the lights and i couldn't even see my drum set and so we just seriously played in pitch black darkness and then i would love to do that again miss siobhan and you marae got up there to play and they were like twin limb just rocked us slowly gently and in the dark and i'll (laughs) never forget it i'll just never forget that line that was great Here's James and Josh breaking down the writing and production of a single song, Saving Daylight. We were talking about this on the way over here, but I think one of the coolest things about him as a brand, if I'm looking at us from the outside in, it's like he is himself, which might sound silly, but like in this genre, that is like rare, mm-hmm. <laughs> so rare. And uh, everything that he says is something he would say the way he would say it for the reasons that he would say it. We're two ends of the spectrum when it comes to that sometimes. So it's like like sometimes his his production sometimes we'll, when we'll have these conversations like I'm almost like the guy who's like okay, well maybe it 
it might not be as uh, commercially successful, but it feels amazing to me. And then he might be like, well, that's cool if it feels amazing, but it's still, it's great if it could make some money too. So it's like we kind of, it's like, but we've kind of started to yeah. find like a, um, uh, a a sweet spot. I think one of the good things is like we're both uh, pretty good at what we do. So once we, uh, we, we trust each other's vision very, very much more than, um, the, you know, I would say, I would say, I mean, I, I'll tr- I trust his vision more than any anybody else's via music, and I know he probably feels the same thing with me. So it's like we we go through, uh, you know, that that's kind of it, it. Definitely, it's one of those things. Hello, good morning, baby. You are my world. I'm global warming. I just thought that that was like a really dope four line. To start off with, because we, me and him, has been talking Actually, about. Actually, that's not how the song started off. I, was it? I made you change it to that. It was something else. I can't remember what it is, but I remember it's like, man. We, but it, we that line, the, that. The, it was so, it wasn't "Hello, Good Morning." I think it, it was just. Uh, I think it was. See, I have to. It check was something. Things, yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For some odd reason, my my mind like goes like, what it is is here's what I think producer is here for. This is this is what Josh is here for. He takes like. My insane ideas, like I'm throwing like all this stuff together. He's like, wait, this needs to be like section. Like this needs to be like cleaner. And I and I never even noticed that that things need to be cleaner because I'm just like spilling it all out. Like I'll just throw it all on the table. Like we need this, 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 this. And he's like, wait a second. Like, no, it just needs to be like this, this, and this. It's like it's the weirdest thing, but. Um, it happens all the time. He's almost like, we always joke around, like, he's almost in my head. As you can tell, he wore the same shirt as me <laughs> randomly today. So um, we almost, we're almost dressed alike today, completely, completely happenstance. Uh, but, um, but yeah, no. Yeah. So which version do you want? Do you so want the, the one that actually the, made the record? Yeah, or the, the one that, the one that actually made, it, made the record was, was Josh's uh, line tweak. Yes, it was. I started off as top of the morning. And then his, he was like, oh, wait a second, that top of the morning doesn't really work. I, never really, I didn't think about it because I was already so far into like, oh, man, we got this hook and I got this illustrious, like, we yeah, got to do this crazy shooting drum the video right London, like, Yeah, I was shooting the video. Yeah, I was like, was, yo, this thing is already, like, I can see the colors, like, the colors are there. The, the colors are there. It's like orange and pink. It's orange and pink. And I was always just, like, gone. So, like, he's like, no, wait, this doesn't work. So, actually, yeah, it, it ended up being after uh, Josh's re- reprise, it was actually... Uh, Hello. Hello, good morning. Baby, you are my world. I'm global warming. Got you all hot and bothered. Your water's lemon infused, and yes, I brought my scuba. Swimming inside your river with synchronized maneuvers. We the perfect duo, Martin, Gina, Jim and Pam, Patty, Doug. Had some episodes, just know I'm still your man. Now, I put that in there with those three because uh, I just thought there would be a cool... Uh, it's it's one of those those are perfect duos and they're all completely different. So I was like I was like oh man so like somebody black might resonate with Martin and Gina somebody that somebody white might not even under not even know who Martin and Gina is because they might not have seen Martin or somebody might like Jim and Pam because they were big fans of The Office and might not even know who you know that is or then and then it's like well we could just throw a cartoon characters in there like Patty and Doug because maybe both people might know them as well. So it was just kind of like. Subconsciously, that's kind of what was going in my head, but it was just like, uh, we're the perfect duo, Martin, Gina, Jim and Pam, Patty, Doug, had some episodes, just know I'm still your man. 
My favorite rapper told me spaceships don't got rearview mirrors. Uh, AM, FM, and tennis, so we can't hear them. Yeah, my favorite rapper, Andre 3000, in a song, he said, spaceships don't come equipped with rearview mirrors, they dip. So when he said that, he was just kind of talking about like being with somebody and not looking back. So what I said was, my favorite rapper told me spaceships don't got rearview mirrors or AM, FM, and tennis, so we can't hear them. So it's kind of like not even looking back and not even hearing what they're saying either. So like, you know, um, I guess as far as like X's, uh, whatever. So then I kind of kept that going in the next bar and I was like, when they talk a you, they artificial, I'm just being honest with you. I heard commas can't buy common sense, so I see why they're not here with you. And conversations make complications, let's keep this confidential. I know you want confirmation for the talk I'm making, just know that it's artificial. I'm just saying, I was playing, should've had you long time ago. Relationships take a leap of faith, and I ain't great at Geronimo's, man. I finally got you to see like half a circle. That's kinda how it went. Josh is, Josh got a kick out of that last, that see half a circle. Yeah, I mean the yeah, whole the whole a, thing. Like, I can take credit for the the opening line, <laughs> which is a very important line, by the way. But the whole rest of it is him. Uh, uh, but nobody would care yeah, if you yeah. start off with top of the morning. There you that's, go. You're right, you're right. That's why I make the big bucks. I always I had this whole like thing about like get my dad on songs because my dad he's just like this like uh, he has like so many stories. It's literally I I see I get my raps really from him. Um, that was one of the first songs that we kind of agreed upon. Like, oh man, like this, it, my dad needs to talk on this, over this type of record. Cause it just feels like somebody's like freely thinking in their head. He's like going through this whole thing. Like, oh man, you know, this girl, she was so pretty. We called her Tyra Banks. Cause she had a big booty and she just looked like Tyra Banks. And she had this and she had that. And then he just like snapped into reality. He's like, oh man, he's like, if I said that around your mother, she would kill me. And then we just started dying laughing. Uh, and then the song like just like kicks in, but that's just like it was just something cool to put in there. The finest woman I ever seen in my life. Yeah, I'm saying it right here, mother. She give me what? Hey, hello, good morning. Baby, you are my world. I'm global warming. Got you all hot and bothered. Your water's limited, fused, and yes, I brought my scuba. Swimming inside your river with synchronized maneuvers. We that perfect duo, Martin, Gina, Jim, and Pam, Patty, Doug. Had some episodes, know I'm still your man. My favorite rapper told me spaceships don't got rearview mirrors. Our AM, FM, and tennis, so we can't hear them. When they talk of issue, they artificial. I'm just being honest with you. I heard commas can't buy common sense, so I see why they not here with you. And conversations make complications. Let's keep this confidential. I know you want confirmation for the talk I'm making. Just know that it's artificial. I'm just saying, I was playing. Should have had you long time ago. Relationships take a leap of faith And I ain't great at Geronimo's Man, I finally got you to see like half a circle Or an surfer. Hey, I just wanted you to know Hey, I just wanted you to know Before the night It's your my life Thanks for listening to episode three Be sure to pick up our city guide it's got, I don't know, maybe a bazillion listings, including basically every venue for music in town. Second NLE is brought to you by Louisville Magazine and Louisville.com. Our producer is Amber Thieneman. Editing help from Michelle Eigenheer and Rob Neese. Our theme song was written and performed by art director Suki Anderson and circulation manager Amber Thieneman and recorded by Rob Collier. Louisville Magazine publishes each month. 
To subscribe, call 502-625-0100. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and any other social media platforms at Louisville Mag and at Louisville Com. Uh, yeah, I think I think we got it, man. Cool. Yeah,